the wrestling podcast about nothing, is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 15 presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the man who used to wrestle with pantyhose in his head, the Kingpin, <laughs> Brian Malonis. You piece of garbage. You're an absolute piece of garbage, a miserable wretch of a human being. <laughs> Why? You're the executioner. Uh, well, I was technically Ox Baker's executioner, which could be taken uh, a couple of different ways, I guess. What's wrong with pantyhose? There's nothing wrong with pantyhose. <laughs> well, you know, if I were, uh, you know, I don't know, robbing a local convenience store, uh, you know, maybe not so bad. Maybe not so bad. So what what happened? How come you're no longer wearing the pantyhose? Can we just drop this or what? Well, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I was forced to wear. I was told the promoter had a mask. He didn't have a mask. He bought me pantyhose. I look like a cat burglar. 400-pound <laughs> cat burglar. All right. Well, I guess, I guess we'll move on. Well, thank you for your... Um... Yeah, your dedication to the craft. Well, you know, I, I was I was like, oh, I'm going to be in a much better mood than the last podcast. I feel like I was a, a gr- grumpy boy uh, all through the last episode, and now here you are <laughs> trying to make me grumpy again. <laughs> all right, well, let's let's move on. Let's get rolling here. This podcast is available every Monday on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, and of course at bdaradio.com. Now we ask you to please do something for the wrestling podcast about nothing. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on the podcast app you're using right now and take a minute to rate and review us. Believe us, it's the best way to increase our exposure and help us grow. That's what we're looking for here. So please do us a personal favor. Make sure you're subscribed to the WPAN so you can download the podcast every Monday and take just a minute of your time and give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Okay, Brian, on today's show, we are sitting down with a longtime friend of ours, Max Bauer, also known in WWE Developmental and NXT as Axel slash Mickey Keegan. Uh, we started at the very beginning in Chaotic Wrestling, uh, him starting out with Tommaso Ciampa, wrestling in a, by a pond, 
Um, we talk about Max and Brian destroying each other with bats, his dark match at WWE, getting signed, FCW, NXT, and a ton more. We'll get into all that, and also this week, the return of America's favorite segment, and yours as well, Kingpin. Oh, boy. <laughs> Plus, a promo about nothing, and whatever else we can pack into this episode. There's no shortage of content this week on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Are we going before... to mention our good friend? Huh? Are we going to talk about Sasha Banks, the new WWE Women's Champion? Okay, we can get into that. Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> I just a friend of yours that. and mine. Yeah, I just wanted to mention it and say congratulations and all that good stuff. That's all. Yes, this past Monday, she uh, defeated Charlotte to become the new WWE Women's Champion. There we go. Yes, indeed. Okay. Congratulations <laughs> to her. <laughs> Moving on. You threw me all off. You threw off my rhythm by, by interrupting me there. That's what I do best. Okay, thank you for that. Okay, before we get into the rest of the show, let's talk about our sponsor, People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Balor Debut Awesomeness? Well, certainly that would be a popular website destination after the week Finn Balor had, BDA Radio is really the destination for the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Up now on BDARadio.com, always a highlight for me, the vignette of the week, Brian, and it's featuring the original Playboy, Buddy Rose. Oh, the, That's a good one. The current Playboy is pissed. He is. <laughs> pissed. <laughs> Friendship. Are you pissed about that? Check out the Vignette of the Week and so much more at BDARadio.com. It's the demon's favorite destination, Brian. You know my favorite part of uh, that, that, that uh, read every week, Mike, is the little pause. What's that? The little pause that you give after you lay on me your, your latest uh, uh, BDA acronym. You know, you, you give that's little, just you give that little pause, like waiting for me to react. <laughs> well, that's uh, it's also a breather for the fans because so, I'm sure they're whooping it up as soon as they hear it. They're laughing, they're they're amazed, <laughs> they're just in awe. So just giving them a second there before I get into the rest of the read. Nice dramatic pause. Yes, indeed. Okay. Now, before we get to Max Bauer slash Axel Keegan, we can do something a little special here, Brian. Oh, no. We're bringing it back. Oh, no. <laughs> We're bringing it back. It's, it's, it's by popular demand. By popular demand, huh? From coast to coast, from the West Coast to the East Coast, everyone's talking about it. Ed Hunt's going to be jumping for joy. Yes. And as you know, Brian, I have no problem admitting this, I love the dirt sheets. And that's what some people call the insider wrestling newsletters and in modern times, wrestling news sites. It's what I do, Brian. I, I got to check the dirt sheets. Love a good sheet. I've been knee deep in this stuff since the day I found out they existed. But you, not so much. So with that in mind, Brian, oh, no. let's get to the most talked about <laughs> segment in wrestling podcast about nothing history you're not gonna do it are you <laughs> <clears throat> oh boy 
We're doing the dirt sheet shuffle. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> no, no expenses spared on the special effects and jingles for this podcast. No, they once the uh, a man walks into an arm bar, guys got done. They they took the entire budget for voiceovers and sound effects and everything. So <laughs> we got to do our own stuff, and I think we did quite well, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll just leave it at asking you then. I won't give my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brian, here's how it works. There are three news stories from the pro wrestling news sites from around the internet. Which one of these stories did not actually get reported? All right, you ready? All right, so I'm ready to go, Mike. I think I'm going to get back on track with this one. Yes, you are one in one. You were uh, predicting a Goldberg-style streak after you uh, you won the first round, but last time out you did pick the wrong yeah. story. More so of a Barry one Horowitz one. type streak, I guess. You will see how it goes now. Will we go up? Will we go north? Or will we go south, Whoa, Brian? She's stealing stuff from uh, from our friends. <laughs> Man walks into an armbar. Yes, yeah, someone's got to. Okay, story number one, Brian. After four failed marriages, former 16-time world champion Ric Flair is back on the horse. Oh, boy. Man. I see what you, you did that? there. I see what you Back did on there. the horse. Man. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Recently, it was reported that Flair is engaged for the fifth time. This time to his former valet in WCW, Wendy Barlow, a.k.a. Fifi. That is story number one. As featured on, uh, I think, Wife Swap at one point. Where, was uh, Fifi was on there with him? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was uh, him and Fifi and then uh, Roddy Piper and his wife. All right. Well, okay. You so you, maybe you have some insight there on that one. Let's go to story number two. A legitimate fight broke out in catering at the WWE draft edition of SmackDown Live. Sin Cara and Simon Gotch of the VOD Villains had it out, and from reports, the Lucha Dragon stood tall when all was said and done. Incidentally, Sin Cara missed the weekend events after the incident, causing people to wonder if a suspension was issued. That's story two. Thoughts? Well, I know I know it happened. Uh, uh, we may have had uh, some, uh, or, or I may have had some personal insight uh, from some sources uh, implanted deep, oh, really? deep uh, within uh, the organization. So, um, so, anything you can share with us? Well, just that the fight happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So I'm fairly confident that's a that's a true. So, but we'll see. All right. Let's go on to number three. Story number three. Kevin Owens was on an episode of Superstar Inc. with Corey Graves recently and talked about all his tattoos and what they mean to him. Okay. The most surprising revelation. There may just be a John Cena tattoo in his future. That's story three. Okay, Brian, before we get to your pick, let's review the three stories. The first one is Ric Flair getting engaged for the fifth time to his former valet in WCW, Fifi. The second one is about the fight that broke out in catering between Sin Cara and Simon Gotch at the WWE draft. Sin Cara suspended, possibly, uh, the weekend after that incident occurred. 
And Kevin Owens was on Superstar Inc. and says there may just be a John Cena tattoo in his future. What are you thinking, Brian? Talk me through. All right. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure we can we can uh, mark number two the fight as true. Like I said, uh, some pretty good sources uh, that, that did indeed go down. So I'm pretty sure that one's good. Boy, I know that Kevin Owens was on Superstar Inc. because I I follow the WWE on social media and I did see um, you know that kind of scroll through my feeds at one point. Uh, but the John Cena tattoo throws me off a little bit. See, I should have watched it. Um, and then Flair getting married again. Um, you know what, Mike? I think I think I'm gonna go with the false story. Uh, is yes. is number one the the Ric Flair getting married again? I don't think this is true. I don't even Nature Boy. I don't think is stupid enough to get married for a fifth time. So that's my answer. There's no way that Nature Boy has been tied down again. No way, Nature Boy not engaged. That's false. All right. Okay. So you're one and one. You're batting 500. So you say that the false story is that Ric Flair is engaged for the fifth time to Fifi, Fifi the maid. All right. Are you right? Are you wrong? Oh, I'm right, baby. Brian Malonis, Kingpin, you are incorrect. Oh, no. Come on. Incorrect. How is that possible? He's going to get married again. He is. He is. Oh, well, according to the dirt sheets, anyway. Okay. I, I might have been a little tricky here. I might have been a little sneaky, Brian. The incorrect story, or the story that was not reported, in part anyway, was number two. Because the fight, yes, the fight was reported everywhere. The fight happened, Sin Cara and Simon Gotch. The part that wasn't reported was that Sin Cara missed the weekend events after the incident, causing people to wonder if a suspension was issued. Uh. Actually, Simon Gotch was the one who was off those weekend shows, and people were wondering if he was suspended. As it turns out, he showed up uh, backstage or on camera uh, as part of the Battleground pay-per-view. So I'm not sure he's suspended at all, but he was off a couple of shows Anyway, so the story was that Simon Gotch missed the weekend shows, not Sin Cara. So I kind of maybe a little. Yeah, I feel like there should be an asterisk on this one. There should be an asterisk. An asterisk. Yes, absolutely. And incidentally, if we're talking the the Kevin Owens one, he says that he wants to get tattoos uh, that represent things that his children enjoy. And his kid loves John Cena. So he said, you know, he might have to get a John Cena tattoo. Uh, I'm upset, Mike. Now I don't even know how I'm going to do the rest of the show. You might have to interview Max by you know by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we can uh, we can bring you back to life with our hashtag, Brian. Well, I don't know. It depends on if anybody's going to make fun of me. We'll see. PDA for BDA. That is the hashtag. Use it on Twitter. Tweet it at BDA underscore radio. That's our sponsor. And tweet it at me. I'm at Crocsox, and the kingpin is at Brian Malonis. The hashtag PDA for BDA. Use it. We'll mention you on the podcast. And we start this week as as it seems to do every week, Brian, with Big Woody. You got to start with the power broker of Atlantic Pro Wrestling, my man. That's the way it goes. At Apt Elwood on Twitter. 
He says, excellent promo about nothing. Unfortunately, Ken Patera could keep you in content for years. Great show, as always. Apparently, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't approve of Ken Patera's promos. And we could go solo. We could just go Ken Patera for the rest of the time. Scott Steiner for the rest of the uh, existence of the wrestling podcast. <laughs> just go back and forth. Yeah. All right. So that's Big Woody. Also, TK checks in. And he is at... We usually say at THOG94, but listen to this. He says, just for the record, THOG94. T is the initial of his first name and HOG94 for his Harley. Nice and simple, nothing more, nothing less. So it's THOG94. All right. right. Now we got it. All right. So for the future, we got it. And then he, he checks in again and says he really enjoyed Brian Malonis. Busting uh, Mike Mills, Mike Five Hundred Four Saints on Twitter from the uh, Book in the Territory podcast. He really enjoyed you busting his chops about Sasha <laughs> on last week's episode. Yes, I'm sure Mike Mills was very happy with the outcome on Raw this week. Yes, I- I'm. I'm very sure he was. And also, Mike Mills checks in right here and says the Kingpin caught me, caught you with my hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> Lol. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, you you kind of said that. Uh, you know, you were just the, the conduit to uh, give Mike Mills some Sasha Banks stories. <laughs> well, good news is I'm going back on Book of the Territory. Uh, I'm going to be talking to Mike again uh, soon. And uh, as we've talked about, I uh, do want to schedule something, you know, with Mike to come on and join us because, uh, you know, I think he'd be a great guest for us and appreciate the love he's uh, he's showing us by having me on. Uh, you know, I'm surprised not having you on, Mike, you know, but uh, hey, the Kingpin's the real star. Everybody knows that. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> my ske- my schedule is booked solid, Brian. I, I, I couldn't your, do it even if I wanted to. schedule is booked solid. You're on an extended hiatus. Yeah, like, and hiatus because I got other things going on, Brian. You know how it is. Married life. Oh, the old ball and chain. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. David Ratty checks in for the first time. At Dave Ratman. He's probably like the... Longest tenured chaotic wrestling fan there is. What do you think? Yeah, he's uh, prob- probably been seeing uh, seeing the two of us perform for God knows how many years at this point. Yes, indeed. David Ratty has a question for you, Brian. Do you still keep in touch with former tag team partner, former actually chaotic wrestling championship tag team partner, Pistol Pete Malloy? I don't. Uh, I don't keep in regular contact. We are friends on Facebook. Uh, occasionally, I do bump into his dad. Um, so that's always, but, uh, Mr. Malloy. yes, yes. But we are friends on Facebook. We don't talk regularly or anything, but, uh, Petey was a good dude, uh, and, uh, enjoyed tagging with him for the time that we did. And, uh, it's a shame he left, you know, left the wrestling business so young cause, cause he probably could have had something more to offer to it, but, you know, just decided to move on with his life. But I always enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed Pistol Pete and teaming with him. And, and I thought we, uh, you yeah, I thought we put together some good moments for the fans in chaotic wrestling. Yeah, the last time I saw him, probably the last time you saw him too, was uh, Cold Fury 10, where they they brought back a bunch of the uh, stars from the past for the the Royal Rumble there. Pistol P. Molloy was part of that Yes, yes he was. All right. Thanks, David Ratty, very much for the question. Thanks for listening. Hope to hear from you more in the future. Okay, Steven, at HHHGuy2004, he says... 
Homegirl did it. Oh, yeah. What a damn match. Not just for women, but great match for the business. Of course, him talking about the match this past Monday night. Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. As we talked about earlier, Sasha Banks winning the title. And it was a, a fantastic match. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was excellent. Again, a main event. Where, I mean, it's too bad they didn't. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're trying to push the new, the new championship on the Raw brand, the Universal Championship. But... Boy, that could have main evented Raw or maybe even a pay-per-view, and nobody would have uh, batted an eyelash about it. But, again, obviously, you know, ecstatic, uh, you know, for Sasha Banks. You know, I taught her everything she knows, Mike, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. And hopefully they get to do that again at, at SummerSlam. I'm guess, yeah, I, I think that's that's the road it's going down. I'm, I'm guessing we're going to see uh, a couple more out of them. Maybe, hey, maybe we'll actually see a women's uh, some sort of stipulation match for a change. That'd be kind of cool. That would indeed. Okay. Uh, and Steven also says he was in D.C. live for Battleground. The live crowd didn't die during the highlight reel. It was uh, Ryder Rusev that killed them. <laughs> okay. well, I'll take your word for it. It sounded like uh, the highlight reel was a dud as well. <laughs> but uh, Well, for, for you anyway. Brian. Well, you know, I just don't. I think, again, I think it's something that could have been served more. Would have been more well served on, you know, Raw or SmackDown rather than uh, pay-per-view. My my personal taste uh, for viewing is I I enjoy watching the pay per views because it's fo- the emphasis on on the in ring stuff and uh, I enjoy going to live events as well because I think the focus is on in ring um, where well, there's less of that. Not that I don't enjoy that stuff, but I I I like the wrestling. I like to watch the wrestling. Right. Okay. A couple guys uh, that didn't really use the hashtag, but I want to mention uh, Simon Gregory, Scotty Slade uh, gave us a little um, love on Twitter, Todd Sopel, and uh, Bill Neville from the New Age Insiders. And the New Age Insiders themselves gave us a little love on Twitter, so I just wanted to mention that. Uh, check out the New Age Insiders every week on iTunes and on their website. And... Thank you very much for everybody using the hashtag. And I want you to use the hashtag and you mention the show as well. So leave us a comment. Ask us a question. Let us know you're listening. Use the hashtag PDA for BDA on Twitter. Brian, now here's the point in the podcast where I uh, use those three little words. What are those those three little words, Mike? Very special words. Guest. Oh, a very special guest here today. Super special. I'd on say. the wrestling podcast about nothing. Oh no, you're special. <laughs> your mom, sp- your mom told us that you're very special. He's a special kind of fella. He was once known as the Mohawk Enforcer. Sure was. I wonder if I still have that T-shirt somewhere. He is once known as Double Tough, twice as tough as a regular tough. Well, he was double tough till he ran into the kingpin. He was the Tower of Power. No? Okay. Uh, former NECW Triple Crown Champion of the world. Uh, he was a former WWE NXT superstar, formerly known as Axel Keegan, formerly known as Mickey Keegan. And to us, he's known as... Max Von Bauer. <laughs> yes. No? No? Or, Max, or, or just Max Bauer. Max Bauer. Let's go with Max Bauer. Max Bauer is here with us on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Welcome to the program. Wow, that was terrifying. I legitimately thought you were both going to say Max Tampax. Uh, I was going to no. get into that. I was going to get into that. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about Max and T later, though. Max and T. It's everyone's favorite <laughs> it's a, dessert. It's, it's nice. All right, so we got Max here. 
He's a, a wealth of wrestling knowledge, is he not? <laughs> I, I'd say sorry. I, I'd say more a fountain of misinformation. <laughs> Let's start uh, at the top as we usually do, Brian. How did you meet the one and only Max? Well, I got to tell you, Mike. I knew from the first time I saw this guy walk into the chaotic <laughs> training center, big things were in store for him. I said, "Look at that guy right there. That guy God. is gonna be." <laughs> <laughs> that guy in the sleeveless T-shirt and and b- basketball p- uh, basketball shorts with the uh, not so flattering uh, physical condition. I don't. Uh, I don't really remember. Like God, I, don't, I know this is so uplifting. I don't remember your first day or anything. I remember in the beginning, maybe not like not us hating each other or anything, but. Some discourse here and there between us or whatever. You were yelled mad at me. Yeah, you yelled at me. <laughs> I, I yelled at you a time or two. You were. I, I don't remember what it was, but you were definitely upset with I me. I, you, like you yeah butted me or something, and I got really mad about oh, it. Oh yeah, you got really upset about so, it. Were you teaching at the school at the time, or you were just the like, more of the more veteran um, students? Yeah, this was more when I think um, like me and Handsome would kind of do more like the newbie type stuff, like with the, with the real beginners, while Hollow worked with more of the advanced students. Maybe your memory's a little better than mine of this. I think that's kind of what the setup was at that point. Um, no, I don't remember. You know, um, I, I don't remember us ever like hating each other or anything. I, I don't think we became like actual friends, friends until a little bit later on. Yeah, but you know, I don't remember there being. There's nothing sticks out other than the one time I think I really, <laughs> really yelled at you. I just remember my first day at the chaotic training center at the CTC, yes. formerly known as. Um, we did lockups. And I locked up with you for a while, and the next day I had the biggest bruise on my collarbone. Um, <laughs> what are you trying to say? I mean, whatever. Crowbar. Learn how to work, kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I vivid, for whatever reason, I remember that. Because then I think that maybe it was the first day, and then the second day, maybe we did more lockups, and maybe I already had a bruise, something like that, and you were hitting it, or I don't remember. But that was the day I started to hate you. So, you know. Wow. <laughs> fond, fond memories. And it's not sti- very nice. Sticks with you to this day. Yeah. The young 17 year old lad. <laughs> yeah, so, were you, you were in Tough college, love. right? At the no, time. I was in high school. You were still in high school when you started? I was in high school. Me and some kitty and called. Yes. Uh, uh, which like four j- people will get that joke. Right. Maybe five. Some kitty and call will get it. He right. listens. He follows my career still. All right. Todd Sinclair is a, is an rabid fan of the wrestling podcast about nothing, so he'll be Oh, uh, he sure is. Yes. Fully doubt that. Well, come no, on. he really is. Listens to every episode. Say hi. Oh, really? Say hi to Fat Pants. Hey, <laughs> Fat Pants. I'm coming over. Uh, we're going to play some uh, rock band. So, you know, just be ready. Get the VHSs out. So you and some kitty and called were uh, attending as high schoolers. The uh, yes, CTC. it must have been my senior year. Uh, it was one of the two-day uh, boot camp. Oh, it was my first day. Some kid Ian's first day, and close to his last. Tommaso's first day. Wow. Uh, Tommaso Champa, you mean? Uh, Chaso Champa. Yeah, uh, he hates that. Uh, <laughs> It was uh, Tommy Cutler's first day. <laughs> it, <laughs> so you uh, were savoring the flavor. <laughs> I think that Chase had started like that week, but not at that camp. Big Gulp? Big Gulp, yep. Yeah. Big Gulp started. Chase um, Del Monte? Maybe the the Logans were there pretty brand new Right. Something like that. Yeah, they come from like another kind of backyard sort of <laughs> yeah. promotion. Fed. So, so you talked about uh, your your first name in the wrestling business. You were uh, christened as as Max Tampax. Now, if if I were a betting man, I would say that uh, it was a handsome Johnny creation. <laughs> but I, I, that's who I put my money on. I don't how, personally remember. How'd that come about? Do you know? You would actually both be wrong. Oh, it was. God, I hope it wasn't me. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was. I think it was Fat Pants actually. Really? It was either Fat Pants or Dukes. Dukes loved it. He thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> but. Uh, Think it was fat pants? 
pretty sure. Yeah. Huh. All yeah. right. So. No, no, no. Handsome, Handsome was still pretty new at Chaotic, I think. Or newer. Like, he'd only been there for like six months or a year, maybe. Okay, so he wasn't in full Handsome mode yet. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that goes. Actually, we all don't, but like us three do. So we'll yeah, your nickname it. probably would have been like, oh, hey, fat shit face. Yeah. <laughs> he would have just ripped my t shirt and, and called me disparaging names to like quit the business. <laughs> well, speaking of t shirts, I, I remember your first match. Was a very uh, unique situation uh, outdoors. Poncho at a at, oh. at a uh, campground. That was your first no, match. It was a fucking gun. Can I swear? I'm so yeah, sorry. Yes, okay, please, good. Please, go. uh, I just, yeah. please, I, please do. <laughs> please indulge. Yeah, it was a fucking gun club. Does everyone remember that? Oh yeah, the smoking princesses. And, oh, uh, I don't know what the names. Skunko Mally. With I just uh, remember telling my parents face. like, "Yeah, I'm having my first match. You guys should come." And I'm, they're like, where is it? And I was like, it's like Worcester or something like that. But it was like the Worcester Gun Club. Yeah, we were off by like by the pond. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. There was like there was like di- there was like these women dressed. It was like some sort of. I think it was like a fundraiser for like the American Cancer Society. More like a gun raiser. <laughs> uh, I still got it. And, uh, <laughs> and there were these like they had these girls dressed as like Disney princesses, and they were out standing around the pond like just smoking cigarettes, <laughs> ripping butts. <laughs> no, with- as Disney princesses do. And there's a guy fishing uh, into the pond while uh, we're in the ring wrestling. Psycho, stuff. psycho, third degree burns on his yes, feet. Yes, yes. I was gonna talk about that. A warm day, the canvas was scorching hot, and mm. uh, this one wrestler that we know, a good friend of ours, Psycho, is bare- barefoot in the ring, and he literally scorching like ah 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 ah. So he would he is a tag team match you were in, you and uh, yep. Tony Omega against uh, Pretty Psycho, I believe. Yep. And Psycho would st- was standing on the bottom rope rather than stand on the apron and actually be on the canvas. It was so yeah terribly hot. Yeah, I remember that vividly, oddly. So that was that was your first match, but um, and you, that match you wore like blue singlet. Did you, or was it the uh, Omega Security outfit? I might have worn the shirt out, but right. I definitely wrestled in the blue singlet. Okay, so when you actually were given a character and a, a gimmick, you were. I don't know if you were forced, but you were put in dress clothes. You were wear you would wear a button down shirt and slacks, if you will. I don't use that word very often, but I think I would qualify those as slacks. They were my wrestling trousers. Yes. And how did you feel about uh, being in this getup? You know, it's funny because the person who was most offended was actually Chase, uh, <laughs> which was funny <laughs> to me. I didn't like it, but it was one of those things where I was really kind of just like, I wanted to be on shows and I wanted to right. wrestle. So the most important thing to me was to be able to like get in the ring in front of a group of human beings and set up just like class. So I didn't really care. I mean, I was with Arch, who was like a great character, and Tommaso, who was just kind of like starting his whole deal. And so, you know, it was, again, not preferable, but like Jamie paid for it, so whatever, it's fine. So how was it working with Arch and Tommaso? We've talked about uh, Arch in recent episodes. Uh, his uh, yeah, good old Arch. His lunacy. Malone is his favorite person. <laughs> good old Arch. I already, I already put. I already said around here that I don't really care for him all that much. Oh, don't worry. I wasn't like covering up for so. you. I, I think that's hinting enough. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, he's. I mean, Arch he was. Is, he was like Arch was like the veteran, and you and Tommaso yep. were almost brand new. So he, yeah. it, that was his role to kind of bring you guys along. Yeah. There's a there's a guy you want to put people oh, under on, his wing. Come on. Ah, well, I mean, so like for better or worse. He was a like, good he was a good professional wrestler. And a good performer was, overall. Yeah, he was good, a very performer. good performer. He was a he was a fun and interesting human being. I think for me, 
he kind of disarmed the the worry of like your first few matches mainly because he just was so not connected to the physical sport of wrestling he was very much connected to like the character so he didn't really care about what we did in the ring all that much and his ideas were usually kind of like i think i think when i'm on the apron i'm just going to i'm going to walk down to the other side and put my foot up is that, is that good? And I, I, Arch, I literally couldn't give a shit less. I mean, so I mean, I wouldn't say that obviously, but it was like you're I, like, that's very good. I like yeah, that that's a lot. Genius. I would never have thought of that because I'm sane. <laughs> you know? But so, for me, it was good because he took me out of. I need to have a good match. I need to have a good match. I mean, you know, we were all very trained, very diligently and specifically. So, it was almost seen as a right and wrong, as opposed to you know trying different things and experimenting mm-hmm. so it was good pro- i think for me to kind of just force myself to be in the moment with him allow kind of whatever silliness he ended up wanting to do and trying to be able to react to that so you know i think at the end of it all he again he's probably not going to teach me the difference the, the finer techniques of wrestling but entertainment and showmanship he was a very unique talent oh yeah i mean to be clear my my dislike of him has very much, very little to do with his in-ring. Uh, it is extremely personal. Is <laughs> just more along the lines of his wretched personality outside of the ring. Oh come on! And Tommaso, this is kind of the uh, start. I mean, you guys maintain a relationship to this day. So, how, how did you feel about working with Tommaso at this time? Uh, I mean, you know, dirtbag, <laughs> carny scum. No, uh, yeah. I mean, we we. We bonded pretty quickly as new kids tend to do. I mean, you know, when you don't right. really have a place, um, you kind of just start finding the other person without a place, and you're like, "Well, now we're here together." That's weird. Um, but you know, like I think like our personalities are are, are complementary, although very different. Um, you know, we're actually very very close still. I mean, you know, we're we're probably one of my closest friends in the business still. Um, you know, it, it was just one of those things. I think it was a, a circumstantial thing, but it was also right. You know, I think we probably never would have met each other otherwise, but the fact that we did was great because just beyond wrestling, you know, I mean, um, we're just very good friends. You know, he's a good dude. So what about big business? Let's let's get into that ah, a little bit. Uh, big business was good. So Brian Malonis and... Uh, Max Bauer found their way uh, together with Alex Arion, another person who's a good friend of both of you. Cherry Payne. And myself as well. Yeah, Cherry Payne. Oh, well, what were your thoughts about uh, being a part of this faction in Chaotic Wrestling? I thought it was a blast. I mean, I was very excited to do something different than with Arch and T. Um, this I don't even remember why it happened, but it was one of those things where Archer's like leaving, and then like, sure. and then he like kind of I don't know. The whole story was he brokered a deal to like bring me and Cherry Payne into the intellectual properties. Then he kind of disappeared, and the four of us were left together. I think is kind of how the whole deal went. Wrestling historian Brian. Wow. Lewis. Wow. It's about me, so I remember. <laughs> I knew, fair enough. In all fairness, it was about me too, and I don't remember it, so whatever. Uh, but that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, again, I think for me, Alex brought a very different perspective. Same, you know, same as Arch, right? I mean, so me and Malonis, you know, came up in the same group together, so we had a lot of similar mindsets. Not about everything necessarily, but I think you know, we we had certainly some commonalities i think what alex offered was just like a very different perspective again when you look at arch same idea 
So, you know, it was really fun to just, you know, be able to work with somebody who had a lot of experience, good experience, different experience, and a lot of, um, you know, he just, I mean, Alex likes to have fun. Like, that's what his whole deal is. I think Alex is legitimately, like, one of, like one of the best guys I've ever been in the ring with. Aside I, from me, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Al's a guy who, who I feel like had he, he'd been coming up now with his talent. Like, he'd probably get a chance where yeah. he spent the majority. Alex Arion, for those who don't know. He started he, with Al Snow. Right. He's a smaller guy, though. He, he You know, Al, Al's short. And at the time, probably, like, the heyday of Al's career was just WWE was six foot four. 260 pound monsters where now they're more open to smaller guys like al was that good or you know and yeah he did a little bit in ring of honor and yeah he was I and mean, we talked he, about I mean, with, he had dark a dark match and stuff or dark yeah. matches we, and and we, tv and we talked about with brian fury he was on the wfa side he's a very close friend of uh the mofo steve bradley who was a former wwe developmental talent that opened up a uh promotion in new hampshire that opposed chaotic basically it was like the the turf wars with uh, uh, so alex eventually came over to chaotic and that's how he's got this different perspective than a lot of the chaotic guys yeah. had at the time and you really it was like for me that was the most fun i ever had like in chaotic wrestling like that was by far the most fun i ever had i thought like, we were gonna put stretch. me over like what the fuck <laughs> oh, well, because of our affiliation yes whatever fine no i love alex <laughs> alex is awesome still talk to him quite a bit actually i've been meaning to go see him you're a piece of shit. Agreed. <laughs> and speaking of uh, close friends, uh, you formed a, a good relationship with uh, Big Rick Fuller, who's a former <laughs> WCW uh, talent who um, who's from this area and kind of found a place in Chaotic. How do you feel about Big Rick Fuller? Oh, uh, man. Rick's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'll just – this is my favorite story of Rick. It's very short. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we were tagging on a show once. And we were kind of putting some stuff together, and we were about to go out, and it was in some gym, I think, in Everett. And so, like, literally, we're, like, getting ready to go out. And one of the little helper kids for the show goes up to Rick, just, you know, like a random creep at a show. Uh, he's just like, yeah, so, like, you were, like, in WCW, right? And, like, not even, like, no hiccup, no thought. He just literally looked at the kid. Kid, I was WCW. <laughs> Lost my shit. <laughs> and then he just kept going. So I was like, dude, that's awesome. Good for you. Rick's a genius. I still have a Tab shirt that Rick gave me. It's my one of my prized possessions, even though Tab is terrible. Well, that's that's, a, that that's uh, Rick Fuller's favorite It's literally beverage. bleach with carbonation. It's horrible. <laughs> my wife refused to have one. When we were over there, house for barbecue, blackballed from the floor. <laughs> I mean, he chopped her in the face. I mean, but I couldn't argue with it. Deserves. <laughs> what about uh, Max von Bauer? We, you alluded to it earlier. Yes. What about uh, being German? What about uh, another funny? I mean, again, two second story. Kettner, Jim Kettner, who uh, for the ECWA, ECWA, yeah. right? He uh, he was at you know our school doing one of the camps, I think. Mm-hmm. And he came up to me one day and he told me this idea and I was like, oh, okay, I mean, sure, I'll try it. And his whole rationale was, and this is what was just, you know, wrestling-isms, <laughs> it was, well, you know, like Bauer's German, so you know, you have German background. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's totally not my real name, but okay, cool. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, I thought that was your real name. I'm like, no, he's, okay, well, uh. Do you want to do it anyways? I'm like, yeah, great. I was like, All right. Hey, your mom's Jewish. You want to be a Nazi? <laughs> there was a very strict no no goose stepping policy, so I mean, we we made sure that it was only mildly anti-Semitic, <laughs> tastefully anti-Semitic. 
What about uh, being the NECW Triple Crown Champion, as we, as we talked about? Oh, man. Uh, that was a, quite a long title reign, was it not? It was like 19 years. I think I'm still the champion. <laughs> you sure? Um, I know you guys are still the tag team champions of uh, XWA, XWA man. aren't you? Who's the- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are still That's the reigning bullshit. tag team champions. The last time the titles were defended was what? 2004? It's going to be over a decade at this point. It <laughs> has to be. I'll bet you both $20 cash that Handsome Johnny still has those blue pants. Blue pants. Do you remember the blue pants? I remember we wrestled as a tag team, and you had the deal with the singlet and the red and black pants. And oh. I had my plain blue singlet. I'm like, oh, we should have some sort of like an, a matching. Yes. Thing. I remember. I, the, like, okay. I need some sort of pant. And so Handsome had those blue, okay, yeah, whatever they are with the black away, stripes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember them now, yes. <laughs> They're so good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, NECW. Um, man, just, you know. Fine. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. That's mean. No, no, it was fun. I mean, you know, um, what was really cool about working featured in that role, I mean, obviously it was local still. Um, they gave me a lot of ability to work with a lot of people I kind of wanted to work with. So I got to have, like, not just a match with somebody, but I got to work with Fury a bunch of times. I got to work with Rick a bunch of times. I got to work with Al a bunch of times. I worked with Brandon a bunch of times. I think you came in for a little while. Brandon Lonis. Locke, yeah. Brendan, yeah, Brendan Locke. Um, so, you know, they, they, what was really cool about it was, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, first time in your career to be featured, it's like, oh, that's, you know, I'm maybe doing something right. But I think the, really the most interesting thing to me, or the most fun thing for me, was really just being able to work with a lot of great people. You know, I mean, I think that we all know that the only way you really get better is to work people who are good. So, that was cool. And I was on, like, the cover of the Boston Globe with Tom Brady. Can I armor on Tom Brady? Or uh, yeah, 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 we boy. took a picture together. We were hanging out. It was great. So you were in the top. You were, he was in the top corner. You were in the bottom corner. No, no, no. We shared the cover. Okay, Crockett. I think I was pretty clear about that. It's fifty-fifty. <laughs> we'll split. have to get a. So proof of that hold, let me let me talk about our NECW matches here. Uh-oh. This guy here almost knocked my friggin' teeth out. We were in oh the my Quincy God. Armory. You're still bitching he, about he, he that. Puts, a, puts a trash can, like a rubber trash can, over my head, and then proceeds just like I don't even know what it was. It was a clothesline? Is that what it was? I don't know. And like I couldn't see anything, so I couldn't like protect myself, and I'll just right in the teeth. You and had I went a down, trash can on your I head. I went That's down, protection. and I'm feeding. I'm feeling my teeth now because I'm thinking like, oh my God, he just knocked my teeth out. He just knocked my. Teeth out. Oh. And then you get it back to him later, right? Where you the you baseball bat. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you put a you put a metal trash can over over him and the, hit it with a baseball the bat. The day before I fly out for my tryout, you hit me with a baseball bat in a trash can that was you never said anything about it. I you protected you. you. Bullshit. It's exactly the same way I protected you. Were you like, okay? You, I didn't knock your teeth out or nothing. You, you didn't knock your teeth out. I didn't even almost knock your teeth I out. I didn't almost knock your teeth out at all. You certainly did. I, I see a full mouth full of pearly whites, so that means <laughs> ain't shit happened. It's like saying, you almost hit me, which translates to, I didn't fucking hit you. You're fine. <laughs> to be fair, you're also the same guy who had me like powerbomb you or whatever off a stage through a table after you like had your contract. So. We didn't. That was like a choke thing. Whatever. <laughs> that was fun, right? Yeah, that was fun. That's fun in games. Yeah, I was in Derry. I mean, not Derry. What was that? T- uh, uh, Littleton. Littleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a big house. It's like at least 50 people. <laughs> so people don't think like, we're, like we hate each other or some sort of crazy maniacs. You, you tend to do more things maybe right. with people you're extremely comfortable with. Especially at this time. I mean, I think there was probably nobody that I spent more time with than you and vice versa because we were living next door to each other, going to the gym, going to shows on the weekends. Like, Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're that comfortable with somebody, you tend maybe to oh, not, take liber- not take liberties, but, but do th- – 
I think if you if, if I went to a match with somebody I didn't know and did the sort of things we've done to each other, like you might it might have been a fight in the locker room backstage, but now this ends up because we're friends. It ends up in a funny story on a podcast. This is funny. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, not when you almost suck my teeth out, but I'm having a terrible time. <laughs> so yeah, you kind of alluded to uh, you know getting your tryout and stuff like that, but uh, you went to WWE TV a few times, right? Before yeah um, yeah yeah. yeah. Before that dark match, that uh, that fateful dark match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, TV was always stressful. I mean, <laughs> for for you or just I think for Vince. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb oh. question. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what I deserve. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, every time I walked by him, he just was like he wouldn't even make eye contact. He was so nervous about. Him. No, I'm just kidding. We had a few interesting times or like together at TV with a. Uh, Certain people taking pictures, maybe. Oh, Jesus pictures. Christ. Yeah, people taking pictures backstage yeah. of themselves. Or asking um, oh. WWE offic- not officials, but like, you know, like stagehands or whatever to take pictures in front of them in front of logos and whatnot. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Almost give you a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> it gave me anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, so we're talking about, uh, what's his face? Tommy Mack. I remember. <laughs> oh, we're not supposed to do that? <laughs> No. I tried to allude to it. I tried yeah, to- it was trying to- <laughs> Oh, give me shit. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> I remember sitting in one of the locker rooms with him. Oh, sorry. I'll be the asshole. I don't care. Go for it. Um, you can beat me up, Tommy Mac. I don't care. We were sitting in one of the locker rooms, and he asked me something about... He said something about, like, Kane having a house near him in New Hampshire. He's like, I don't know. I think I should talk to him. I just remember vividly looking him dead in the eye and be like, you should definitely ask him that. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought that was really funny. But. Was it Kane or was it Triple H? I thought it was... No, no, no. He, said he, he built Triple H's, like, fireplace or something gotcha. like that. And I was like, that's awesome, dude. I, I, just, like, I don't know <laughs> how to react wrong to that. It. It's like, great. He doesn't pick you because you're a good wrestler. He picked you because you built a fucking fireplace. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Is that, is that, are we not supposed to do that? No, no, you're oh, good, that's man. Fine. <laughs> now let's get into this uh, dark. Moving on. This, this dark match. You were part of this, right, Brian? You were there yeah, as me, well. Yeah, it was me, me, Max, and Fury. I think. Did we tell this story before? I think we kind of we might have told it, but but anyways, you're here yeah, now. You're so the, this is your perspective. We're gonna get yeah. here. So there was there was some sort of lineup, wasn't there? Right. So we were like, I'm sure Max remembers that we were. It was a terrible freaking snowstorm. You yeah. know. Your mom, this is when your mom was like the day before was like, you guys should just not go. Yeah. <laughs> That's good career advice. Thanks, Deb. The building for the for the show was what? Nassau Coliseum. The Coliseum, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Shithole. All right, so this lineup. Uh, well, we were, we, were, we, were, we were in the extras locker room. Right. Yes. Right. And Bones. I think, I think we were, if I remember right, we were like, okay, how the, how the hell do we get, how do we get out of here? Because... They're not going to use us. And oh, yeah. We were trying to leave. Yeah. And, like, Tony Delfonso <laughs> had no show. Yeah, he didn't come. Because <laughs> yeah, remember, like, they lined us up and they were looking for him. That's yeah, what they were looking for. They were looking for they, they were looking for him for the dark match. Right. Yeah. So then um, I don't remember the referee's Bones. name. Who came, but he came in. Johnny needs you by the ring now. So take it away, Max. It's just, just, this episode's about you. So Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I do actually, now that you say I do remember us trying to figure out, like, we could probably just leave. Like, they don't give a shit. It's fine. I mean, like, whatever we showed up, like, the show's about to start. They're not going to use us. And then he came bursting in. Clearly, someone's in his earpiece screaming at him. And uh, he's like, you need to go to the ring. You need to go to the ring. And, like, I think, like, you might have been dressed or, fear, like, like, back in, like, business casual. Like, I was probably half-ass dressed or something. Like, we were all, like, okay, day's over. Like, nothing's happening. And then we ended up going to the ringside. 
And they lined us up and just like, you stand here. And they put us like on hard cam, probably so agents could look at us because they didn't want to get up and talk to any, you know, jamokes from the indies. And then I think maybe like Mike Kyoto or something like that was like, where's the Jack kid or something? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't remember who said that. Yeah. And it's like, hey, and like they made like the motion of like, you know, like, yeah, like the we'll arms, like, like I'm putting my arms up, like, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. Like where's all the, three of us were like, don't worry, it's not us. It's not us. <laughs> yeah. And then I. Did, was there more to that? I don't yeah, remember. So like, so Jamie Noble goes, "Which one of you guys is the best worker?" You know? oh, and we're like, yeah. "Well, we're all we all raise yeah, our hands." Like a oh, real objective, good. useful question. And Thank you. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, ask Kofi. Kofi knows them." And and so Kofi's like, "Yeah, you know, they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> no help there." So which one of you guys has the best gear? And we're all, oh, we all have. Terrible gear. And all of us, my gear was horrible. <laughs> but I mean, we all had wrestling gear it wasn't like we were wrestling in like you know yeah dress pants and a button down <laughs> come on shirt. Now. come on now <clears throat> so then like finally they're like okay the the one with the beard now you had a beard i had a goatee and fury had a beard oh yeah <laughs> like, i forgot about this and yeah, then ultimately yeah. what it was getting to is that they they chose max yeah right the best one clearly and the match was the first match of the evening on the card with who nick mcneil no it wasn't was yes it, it was it was Percy Watson, yes. real name. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Percy Watson. You son yeah. of a bitch. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, 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 it was with Percy. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was totally a match, for, totally a match for him. Obviously, like totally fine. I think they gave me like thirty seconds of offense, which was whatever. You know, I'll take whatever I can get. Did you know, I think. Did you get an entrance like like a, with music and stuff? Mm, I think they played something, but it was like go to the ring, play something, and it didn't. It, like, you know, it wasn't like produce this kid. Like it was pretty like yeah, get the kid out there. Here's what you're gonna do, Percy. Um, yeah, I mean it was you know like whatever five minutes. I remember walking out and it was like still filling in, so it was a little weird to be like in such a large space. Um, with not a lot of people, and sure as shit, not a lot of people caring about you. Right. Um, it was into. I mean, Nunzio was the ref, so that was cool because I had like known oh, him wow. a little bit. So you know, he was just kind of like you know, little words of wisdom here and there. Just you know, like you know, where's the hard cam and blah blah blah. Just you know, it, it was it's comforting to have someone you know. Certainly in that scenario, I think the most, to me, the most memorable part of the match, aside from like having a heart attack and cutting myself before I went out. Um, what? So, so again, I had gear. It was older gear, and I had ordered new gear. I think maybe a month before, but I hadn't gotten it yet. Mm-hmm. So I had this just like plain black singlet that I'd had Surat like so on like a patch. But this was like I've been wearing it for I don't know six eight months. So some of the stitching was frayed, and I had like I think Fury had a blade in his bag for making a fucking you know blade. Uh, right. <laughs> you never know when WWE is going to ask you. Yeah, well, uh, I think that was just like his color. Yeah, I think that was just his WFA you know owed to. So he just had it. And I was like, dude, I need to like just like at least cut some of like the fringy fray off. And I like it was like a brand new razor. I cut my fingers. And I'm like, dude, I'm falling apart. Like, cause I was just like, <laughs> it was like in the the mindset switch from putting my shit on like, should we go like get out of this storm before it gets bad to like go to the ring? You're wrestling, ha! Ah! You know what I mean? So it was right. just like, and then there was no time either. It was like literally they picked us or they picked me. They said, here's Nick. Here's what you're doing. Or here's Percy. Here's what you're doing. Blah blah blah. Straight home. Okay, you got it. Yeah, they, they came with us. Like it was like I mean, they were pretty close to doors when. Like, yeah, they no, came. it was like thirty minutes before we went out. Yeah, was when we were lined up, and so from that time, it was silly faff. 
uh, get picked, talk to Percy for like five minutes, and he's like, yeah, yeah I'm going to hit this, this. What do you want me to do? You know, whatever. And I was like, okay, I got to go put like gear on. So like I ran back to the little extras rock room, put my shit on, and then it was just like, all right, you're going now. So, you know, it was just like this massive, like, you almost didn't have time to be nervous because it was so, you know, in, in quick. Right. Um, totally was nervous, though. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I remember I cut my fingers. Um, I was just like, I can't believe I didn't get gear. Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, why would I be that? Why would I be that guy that I always say, like, yo, you got to be prepared and just, you know, be proactive, invest in yourself. And it's like, yeah, I didn't get gear. I'm an asshole. <laughs> um, but I remember standing in the ring, just like looking around as Percy was about to make his entrance. And I just said it like four times. Myself, like, it's like, it's just the same. It's all the same. It's just, this is the exact same thing. And it's literally because it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, it's just a, it's just a wrestling ring in a bigger building. It's, it's the exact same thing that I've been doing that Malone's has been doing. Crockett, you know, does on his end. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? And, and I think you have to, for me, I have to have that grounding experience to say like, yeah, like, it's just the same thing. You know, it kind of calmed me down a little bit. And then, you know, match was over before it started. But, you know, it went well. I mean, all the agents loved it. And I think Jamie Noble, like, his feedback was, damn, kid, I didn't know you could work. And I was like, thank you, I guess. <laughs> Why the fuck did you put me in there then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, pretty, I mean, I, you know, I understand they probably have low expectations. But it was just one of those things was like, I guess that's a compliment. Thanks. I remember we had a great interaction with Triple H afterwards, too. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Uh, so Kofi watched the match for me because, you know, we knew Kofi and he's a good right. dude. And she's like, yeah, man, it was really good. I was talking to the agents. They said they didn't seen Percy look that good. And giving you credit for it. I was like, wow, man, that's like super awesome. That's like literally all I could hope for barring like that kid's got something. Put him on Raw, which, you know, that probably isn't going to happen. But he's like, I know for a fact Triple H was watching because I guess they were probably watching uh, Percy. And so he's like, you should go ask him. And I'm like, uh, he goes, dude, seriously, just he will respect you if you go and say, hey, I heard you might have seen my match. Do you have anything? I was like, yeah, man, whatever. Okay. I went up to him. I was like, hey, uh, I don't know if you had a second chance to watch that at all, but you know, if you saw anything, I'd love to just hear anything you have to offer me. And he's like, nope, not a second. Thanks, kid. And he just walks away. I was like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Not a fucking second. Is what... Yeah, I think so. Because yeah, that yeah. was like an earshot of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds right. That sounds right. Which, you know, in retrospect, especially like seeing him more when I was signed, like that really is his sense of humor. Like he's not being a dick. It's just like, yeah, zing, good for you. Like, all right. Like, totally. I yeah great indie dark match guy yeah. <laughs> yeah dude I don't know I have to go on live TV in like 10 minutes shut the fuck up <laughs> you're thing, bro I'm producing the real superstar yeah I'll be honest if you would walk by me I wouldn't have even noticed you existed as a human being <laughs> <laughs> it would have just been like was that a strong gust of air oh it was a, it was a person no, yeah, whatever I don't care not in a bad way whatever it's just funny so this dark match and the praise that you were getting afterwards did this help parlay into you being signed or was it a much longer process oh man not at all it was so <laughs> useless um, <laughs> it was so useless i mean it was good i mean it was fun whatever right. it's one of those things where i think it motivates you so i think in that way it helped me but you know i mean that that was definitely not a time where they were i think if percy was there and i know trent was there and a few other guys so that must have been around like one of the original nxt iterations it must have been right it was uh, the johnny Cur- was the johnny curtis season that's right right, 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 I, right was right, that right. night like the finals or some sort it's or like, a, like the endless jo- season that johnny went on curtis versus brodus clay like oh i don't know i'm pretty sure that was like the same night I don't remember any of this. You always remember that stuff. I'm so bad. I'm like, well, I'm I didn't there. have to worry about having a match that night. Yeah, <laughs> like, but it's like afterwards, like, it's like I'm like there. Like I just remember, 
that and the weird things that I remember about it, and then I remember watching it from one of the tunnels with Brodus Clay sitting there just burying everybody. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, I don't know. Probably shouldn't say that either. Whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Brodus Clay listens. Yeah, edit that. Edit. <laughs> this doesn't make it down to his locker room. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, I mean you know it, that that's one Let's of the. Just for one second, we should. Oh I want to set up. I just want to set up. I want to give Max praise that Max has always been like a heavier guy, probably closer to the three hundred pound mark, like two eighty to three hundred. Yeah. And at this time, and I can attest because I was working out with him, like he made a lot of great positive changes with his diet and his workout and. Like I don't, I don't even know what you get down to two twenty something, two thirty, two twenty eight. Yeah, you know. So he completely went through, you know. And we haven't put it over yet, and I think it's something we we should put over. He went, okay, yeah. He completely changed the way he looked, the way he did things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, totally. And put he me went, over. he went from somebody who, <laughs> me yeah. and Max had previously done a WWE tryout at the Chaotic Training Center, and we were the only guys that they forced to take our shirts off. So he had gone from somebody like that to somebody who put the work in to get his body to be where WWE looked at him as a serious, you know, right. as a serious prospect. So I think that we should definitely mention that because I mean, that's a Thanks, lot of people man. get the feedback and yeah, like me, don't, <laughs> like, don't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, but he did, he lost 60 or 80 pounds or whatever, whatever Something you lost like that, and yeah. put yourself on the radar. Yeah. I mean, I'm, thank you. I mean, that definitely was motivating to me and I think, think the next time I went to TV, uh, we were working out in the ring and Jamie Noble was there and he didn't remember me at all. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, what, it's always yeah. the way. Yeah, it, it, which is fine. You know, it's, it's like Manchester or something. I don't know. I remember I remember he didn't remember me at all. I feel like it was in Boston, maybe. And then I just remember we worked out and I think I got in the ring with like maybe was Mikey B there? Maybe. I don't know. The Miracle, Mike Bennett? Maybe, yeah. TNA wrestling star? Yeah, he was there a bunch, too. I yeah, thought he TVs. was. I, I just remember I got in the ring with Fury, and like, I think we were just like putting heat on him. I was just beating him up, and I beat him up a little bit, and then like I put him in a hold, and then I took like a crossbody, and I cut him back off, and I tagged out. Or no, Jamie was like, tag out, kid, tag out. He immediately came over to me and was like, who are you? What are you doing? I'm like, dude, like that's all you're looking for. I could do that. That's easy. <laughs> do that all day. Yeah. It still didn't get signed from it. Don't worry. It's, oh, all right. you know, another failure. But, you know, I mean, that that's part of it, right? It's like you got to be able to – the emotional ride of it is is really hard because they only see you when they see you, so it's just mm-hmm. a very acute moment to them, whereas you're obviously living that entire experience and – you know, the the ups and downs of being booked for TV and being excited and then having to go to TV and being nervous and then being, you know, on stage and hopefully being looked at in some capacity and wanting to not suck. And whether, you know, you do well or don't do well, you kind of always end up beating yourself up. If you do well, you're like, this is the best day ever and I'm great. And then nothing happens. You're like, I'm the worst. They hate me. And, <laughs> or God forbid it goes bad and you get banned for life. And you know what I mean? It's Ooh. like. Yeah, you can come back from that though. I'm told. Yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, apparently it's been for like a a a dog's life, (laughs) or like a a short shitty dog's life, or something like a bee's life, or something. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever, it's fine. (laughs) So yeah, the signing part. Um, uh, I remember I went to TV. It was like January or something like that. Another time after that time. Maybe I think it was maybe two times after. It was it was a little while actually. That 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 match really. Not in a bad way. It just didn't really do a lot for me. Right. Getting signed. I mean, it certainly kept me focused. Um, but there was like a January TV that I went to, and I was like kind of prepared, but I wasn't really. I think I'd like sent an email not expecting to get a return, and then I did, and I got booked. And so 
I'm pretty sure I worked a m- match on that one. Before doors opened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, for Regal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I worked with Taven and um, yeah, yeah. Okay, I worked with Taven. And we had like a good little match, and Regal really liked it, and so he kind of singled out me, Taven, and Sammy um, Callahan. Um, and then from there, the conversation was really like, hey, you know, we like what you do. You move really well. Blah blah blah. Get in shape. Get a look. Come back and show us something. Um, and then from there. When I really started, you know, again, focusing back on the gym, getting cardio, the whole thing, uh, training quite a bit. And then I was offered a tryout from that. Actually, I got booked for TV and then I was offered a tryout the weekend before, which was weird. Um, And so then I got flown down to Tampa, went to the tryout. Things apparently went okay, And then they offered me a contract from that. Right. You were down there for a week. Yes. And everything went swimmingly. You felt really good coming out of that. You know, I... (sighs) I felt as good as you could, I guess. It, yeah. It's it's like one of those things where what was tested was very fundamental. So I know my fundamentals are strong or were strong at the time. So I was very confident in that, like, I definitely did a good job. If it was like, who does the best up and over? Like, I'm not going to get signed because I do the best up and over. Like, I can do it. The, hmm. But it was really about, like, I, I knew I could work hard. We didn't do a lot of actual, like, ring work, like, matches. So, to me, that was a little nerve-wracking because, you know, I feel like I can shine in that capacity. Um, but, you know, I felt like I delivered, like, a really solid, you know, few days of hard work. My fundamentals were absolutely as strong as anybody else they could want. Uh, I felt like my promos were good. Yeah, I mean, you know, good enough. <laughs> Better or worse, good enough. <laughs> so you got a, a call after that, or was this at, when you went to that TV the next time they uh, heard about a contract? Um, no, I got a call. I went to that TV, and Regal was there, and Scott Armstrong was there, and we kind of had a little bit of a relationship. And so, you know, they pulled me aside, and Regal kind of said, you know, like things went really well. And I don't know how much you know you talked to Canyon, but they, we, you know. A lot of people were really impressed with you. And, you know, I mean, that's one of those things you try and take with a grain of salt. I mean, it's super exciting to hear, obviously, from a guy like William Regal. It's, like, ridiculously flattering. But it's it's also, you know, I mean, it's not anything until it's something. So, uh, and then Scott Armstrong, I remember in the workout, he's like, yeah, you don't have to work out if you don't want to. And I was like, dude, I'm, you know, I'm here. And I did, and I finished what I was doing, and he kind of just came to me. He goes, hey, by the way, congratulations. I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to know anything yet. Um... And he's like, well, I don't know if it's official, but I heard good things. I'm like, okay, cool. And then like the longest three weeks in the history of the world, (laughs) I got a phone call. And then it was like, yay, you're a thing. Great. So um, you were going to Tampa. Tampa, Florida. And you you drove down there. You caravan down. Did. We got to post the picture from uh, uh, on the WPAN page of his last last show with us. Oh, the the outdoor show uh, in Hudson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tape all my the, bag to the, a uh, cone or something. Yeah. What's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tape my bag to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was the uh, chaotic tradition. Tradition. When someone left, yeah, you, you took as much wrist tape as you could, and you taped their bags to some object. Fucked with their shit. Yeah, Don't basically. Go. <laughs> yeah, it's a very tearful, <laughs> tearful ceremony. It certainly was. Now, when you got down to Tampa, uh, was it like a culture shock to you, or was it just you know just going in there and going to work or how did you feel when you first got there um i mean i think that we all build this reality around what especially at the time wwe was and what being there you know the politics and and everyone's gonna hate you and they're gonna backstab you and whatever and so you know i mean i think that 
the reality was much more like, yeah, you're going to show up and work out and like go to shows and stuff. So it was just, it was definitely a shock as far as, I mean, you know, I'm being paid full time. It, it was almost felt like, I remember after a few weeks, I was like, I feel like I haven't gone to work yet. And that's not one of those just like a happy employee. Like I'm not even going to have a job. Like, I mean, it was definitely hard work, but it was just, it seemed weird to me as somebody who had supported himself outside of wrestling to be able to wrestle to now just be like yeah all i literally do is wrestle all day wrestling you feel, you feel like you have to be doing you should be doing something else yeah it's <laughs> like i feel like i'm like supposed to go into work or something and it's you know so i mean there was definitely you know i mean you see things that are similar to maybe ideas you have over the place but nothing that's like so overt and terrible um you know and bill had just taken over and and you know bill demott bill demott and you know he was not liked by a lot of the talent. You had um, heard about uh, you had experienced some of the deep south uh, training <laughs> and, uh, with uh, Mike Hollow. Who would? Uh, we, sh- we should also mention. I think I think uh, Sasha Banks started. You, you and Sasha Banks basically yep. got signed like same, same time, like literally same time. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, uh, we were at the same tryout. We got signed the same day, I think, or whatever. Got the calls the same day. Um, yeah, I mean, she was in my starting class. Dawson from Dash and Dawson. He okay. was in my starting class. We were like riding buddies my entire life, time that I was there. Um, that might be it for the people who made it to TV, I think, yeah. in that class. I mean, I know I think Angelo Dawkins is still down there doing something. And uh, whatever that big kid's name is, Sawyer Fulton. Um, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think they're on so TV. This is a grizzled vet. Uh, what's that big kid's name what's that that young buck name (laughs) no um. so i mean now you hear all the great things about the performance and what kind of what was the facility like at that point in in tampa uh it really depends on who you asked um again as somebody who has trained you know chaotic training center was always a very reputable facility like really nice as far as you know wrestling facilities go but you know I'd wrestled at the old Slam Tech in that factory in whatever it was, Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. Yeah. Like, you know, we'd all wrestled in weird, scummy buildings and and wherever else. And you know, I think we were used to a standard that was below what you would anticipate WWE's. So to me, like, I walked in there, I was like, "Wow, this place is amazing!" Like, there's like two full rings, and there's like a little um, uh, rehab corner. And then there was like a the show area, which had like a ring and a full like view of chairs plus TV cameras. So again, I think you know coming from the Indies, a lot of the indie guys are like this is the nicest place I ever wrestled in, <laughs> or, or one of the <laughs> nicest places, right? Uh, if you ask somebody who's coming from the outside, you know, like a lot of the NFLers and whoever else, like they're like this place is shit and it was a fucking warehouse, and it's like oh, I mean okay, yeah, it's a fucking warehouse. He's like Norman Smiley would always love that. He goes, these motherfuckers never wrestled in a shitty gym before. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I was like, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> So the rite of passage for a lot of uh, the guys going down there was uh, getting your name, which everybody at that time, and it's not as much these days, but... I remember we all waited with bated breath. Yes. For <laughs> what, what was this fella, Max Bauer, going to be called? Now, how did your name come about? So when they get there, at some point, they say, okay, write down whatever, 10 or 15 first names, 10 or 15 last names that you want to use. And you can do different combinations, but... Write them down, send them in, or give them to whoever, and they'll send them in. Uh, so I wrote down whatever 10 names I could think of that I thought were like, yeah, that's all right. Um, they chose none of them. <laughs> so my first couple matches on in, in Tampa at their – every Thursday they had a house show in Tampa. <laughs> I was just Max Pelham. <laughs> I think I might have been Max Bauer once because it was on my tights. I'm like, yeah, who gives a shit? It's not on TV. You can call Max Bauer. Um, then 
I was pulled in the office one day by Bill, and he would just looked at me. And, he just, and if you know Bill, he just has like a very Bill way of saying things. Some people hate it. Uh, but he's like, how about Axel Keegan? And I was like, all right, great. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, that's your name. And I'm like, great. He's like, do you like it? I was like, yeah. It's fantastic. And he's like, you don't care. I was like, I mean, whatever. Pay me. I don't care. So it was kind of like a very anticlimactic, but it, it ended up being um, Scott, uh, Scotty Too Hotty. Scott Taylor was there for the week, and we had known each other a little bit from around here, and Rick and him are very close, Rick Fuller. Um, and so, you know, we had kind of just buddied up while he was there. I mean, he was there to kind of give feedback, help out for the week. But in that moment, I guess he had had a conversation with somebody saying – his son is named Keegan, and he said, you know, Keegan's a really good name. Nobody uses it. It could be really good for a wrestler. And then I, the story I was told by somebody who was down there for a while and kind of knew people, he said that the name Axel was one that they've been wanting to – they had been wanting to put on somebody for a very long time. And for whatever reason, they blessed me with Axel Keegan. All right, Brian. So that's about all we can fit of the Max Bauer interview in this week's episode, so much going on here in the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. But next week, next Monday, episode 16 of the WPAN, there's going to be so much more as we talk about Max moving to Orlando, his thoughts on the Performance Center, his favorite trainers, working with the late great Dusty Rhodes, being an original vaude villain, and the heartbreaking story of his injury and his release, and so much more. That's all coming next week, next Monday, on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Make sure you're subscribed on the podcast app you're using right now so you can get part two of that interview with Max Bauer slash Axel slash Mickey Keegan. That's next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Yeah, if, you, uh, if you're a big NXT fan and like what they do, kind of hear the beginnings uh, of the Performance Center and uh, what the early days uh, of NXT were like. Uh, uh, I think Max is somebody who has a you know interesting story to tell, and it was there at a very key time in the development of NXT. So um, you know it's awesome that that he's willing to share his story with us. And as I said, make sure you're subscribed and join us next week for the rest of that story. Okay, Brian, let's get right to it. Promo about nothing. It was 1992, <laughs> the Global Wrestling Federation. Now, I love the Global Wrestling Federation, Brian, especially the beginning. It was on ESPN. It was on every day. I think it was at 4 p.m. So after school, every day, there would be a new wrestling program on. It was fantastic. I mean, in the beginning, it was great. They had um, Stan Lane and Jim Cornette. They had Cactus Jack. They had... Uh, Axe from Demolition. They had a bunch of uh, older WWF and WCW guys coming over there. Scott Anthony, who became Scotty Flamingo, and then Raven. Um, the Handsome Stranger, who ended up being Buff Bagwell down the road. There's a lot of guys in there, but by this time of this promo, a lot of those guys had kind of gone away. Uh, there was a tag team called Tribal Nation. It was actually a the Youngblood brothers, Chris and Mark, um, they were in a feud with Gary Hart, the legendary manager from uh, World Class and WCW at one point. Um, so they were in a feud with this guy, 
and they were talking him up in a promo from 1992. Let's take a listen to this interview conducted by Doyle King of the Global Wrestling Federation. Nakona and Brave Sky, Tribal Nation, are the most underrated team in the world, but I guarantee Gary Hart, we're coming after you. Well, I know, I know that Gary has been down here promoting this this Helsinki formula, uh, where he grew his hair back or something after Fritz von Erich shaved his head in Texas Stadium some years ago. Do you guys have the same thing in mind? Well, I tell you what, Gary Hart's done it once and for all. He stuck his nose in the Tribal Nations business. Tribal Nation is up on the top. We're going to the top of the totem pole. But Gary Hart, tell you what, you have that pretty hair. It's going to come plumb off. Stick team you want. Bring any team you want. Any combination. Gary Hart, we're coming after your scalp. Okay, maybe slightly stereotypical with them talking about uh, scalping um, Gary Hart there, Brian. Don't, don't forget um, going to the top of the totem pole, Mike. Uh, what else yes, a couple indeed. of Native American characters do? But go to the top of the totem pole. They hit all the spots there. They hit all of the racist spots that, yeah. they, uh, mild that they set out to. What would uh, professional wrestling be in the 90s without some mild racism, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. It's, it's what we grew up on. It's what we know best. It certainly um, is. And w- at one point, it looks like uh, Nakona there, uh, Mark Youngblood, I believe, looked down maybe on his hand, and uh, we got a couple notes, and uh, he kind of didn't really help him out at all. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe maybe they smudged Mike. Maybe he wiped his hands. Maybe he washed his hands. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, yeah, their this palms were all sweaty as he was uh, trying to get through this promo here. Yeah, no no help whatsoever. Well, Chris tried to bail him out a couple times there. Brave Sky is tag team partner in Tribal Nation. <laughs> what a he, name! He, what a name! Yes, Brave Sky and Nakona. Come on, <laughs> the Tribal Nation. I had a Nakona baseball glove at one point. Really? Certainly did, yeah. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> I was gonna come with. The, I had a joke there, but I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> yeah, we've had enough racism for the day. Thanks. If you want to see this promo, be sure to check out the description of the episode, and you can follow along at home with the video for this promo about nothing. All right, Kingpin. You are crisscrossing this great nation of ours, hitting the highways and byways, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. And I was talking to some people, and they informed me that you indeed have dates. Oh, I got dates, Mike. Coming up this Saturday night, I make my debut debut at Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling in South Hadley, Massachusetts, 7 p.m. bell time. Uh, the the event is called the Summer Games. Find Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling on Facebook for all the details on tickets and all that uh, good stuff. Uh, on excuse me, October, jeez, August nineteenth at the RWA Chop Shop in Providence, Rhode Island. It's the Renegade Wrestling Alliance. I make my big return there. Find them on Facebook for all the full details of that big event. Uh, I return home to Atlantic Pro Wrestling to defend my Atlantic Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. That's right, Mike. I am still the champ after two successful title defenses at Yankee Homecoming against the Shirt Thing, Mark Sherman, and Donovan Dijak. How were those matches, by the way? Outstanding. Would you expect anything less from the Kingpin? (laughs) I guess not. I guess uh, you're correct. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. No problem. 7 p.m. bell time on that one. Check out AtlanticProWrestling.com and also find Atlantic Pro Wrestling on Facebook and Twitter uh, for all the details. 
Mike, this is a big one. Top Row Promotions, Friday night, August the 26th, Campanelli Stadium in Brockton, Mass. The stadium Kingpin. show. Yes, a stadium show. I mean, most importantly, the Kingpin versus Nick Steele. But there might be a couple guys you heard of on this show. Uh, let me let me run these names by you, Mike. See if you've ever heard of these guys. All right, I'm strapping in. Okay, I'm ready. <clears throat> Go uh, for it. Gangrel? Uh, yes. All right, all right. Uh, Tommy Dreamer? Uh-huh. Tarzan's favorite wrestler? <laughs> of course, Tarzan Taylor. Go check out episode four for his interview or go to YouTube. My favorite wrestler, Big Van Vader. Yes, and uh, Tommy Dreamer knows that very well. Certainly does. And uh, and a guy who I think is coming to offer me something. I've heard on the on the on your famous dirt sheets that uh, that this fellow might be might be coming to extend me an offer to maybe restart uh, a powerful uh, organization within the world of professional wrestling. Uh, you might know him as uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, but he'll always be big sexy to me, Mike. Kevin Nash is on this big event. So he's going to get the band back together with you? I think so, yeah. That's the rumors, Mike. That's the rumors. And you got to trust the dirt sheets. Always <laughs> trust the dirt sheets. you got to. The very next night, August the 27th, Lucky Pro Wrestling. I returned to Clinton, Massachusetts. I returned to Lucky Pro Wrestling for my debut in Clinton, Massachusetts. Look them up again on Facebook for all the details. And then Beyond Wrestling... Sunday, August 28th, Aurora, Providence. Mike, I, I think there's a rumor out there. What's that? That I think I might be uh, shedding the stripes for this event. You going naked? Uh, you know, maybe not. I'm just I'm going to be there and uh, not, not in an officiating capacity. That's, the, that's maybe the word on the street that I've heard. These refs always just want to be wrestlers. Well, you know, I, I asked a good friend of mine to teach me how to ref. Uh... And uh, he flat out refused, uh, like a real jerk. So uh, you know, I'm no, apparently I'm no good at the job. Uh, so maybe I go back to what I do best, and that's uh, kicking some butt. All right, we'll have to see in Beyond Wrestling at the end of the month. And before we get out of here, we have to get out of here. This is a jam-packed show. So much going on here in wrestling podcast about nothing. But before we get out of here, let's give a special shout-out to the podcast with little talent but lots of extra belly fat. A Man Walks Into an Armbar, BDA Radio's MMA podcast, hosted by Chad Alden and Paul St. Amon Jr. Find them on BDARadio.com, and if you don't subscribe on the podcatcher of your choice, we'll get you in the north-south position. It's jujitsu. Make sure you listen to A Man Walks Into an Armbar, and you'll, you'll figure out what we're talking about. Check them out on BDARadio.com. Now, we open up a YouTube page, Brian. We've loaded up all of the interviews that we've done so far on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Go to our YouTube page. You can find the link on our Facebook and on our Twitter. The Twitter is at the WPAN. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. Plus, go to Twitter, follow our sponsor, at BDA underscore radio. Follow me. I'm at Crocsox. Brian is at Brian Malonis. Use that hashtag, as we mentioned earlier, PDA for BDA, and we will shout you out on an upcoming show. And for all of your MMA and wrestling talk, lock it in to BDARadio.com. All right, that's it for this week, Brian. We will be back 
next Monday with part two of the Max Bauer slash Mickey slash Axel Keegan interview. And you're going to want to hear this. Some very compelling stuff. Make sure you're back here. But until then, I am Mike Crockett. He is the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. And thanks for nothing.